and welcome to Shaky's Sports Journeys. As always, you can find us by searching Shaky Sports Journeys on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. What a guest got for you today. Um, I mean, you can see it already. Uh, this man is the first British Asian World Championship boxer, um, MBE as well. And if you think I'm lying, just take a look at that shiny belt. Give, it, give us a look at that, please, Jav. Hey, uh, World champion. Can we turn it around? Can we turn it around so we can we can read the IBO part? So that so front on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Look at that. World champion IBO. That's an achievement. Mashallah, unbelievable. Welcome to the show, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, and uh, yeah, Welcome thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. We'll take you on a wee bit of a. Uh, kind of roller coaster today, chatting through your journey, what took you to that man behind your right shoulder there, carrying all the belts. Um, but let's go back. Let's 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 go back to the start. You're a Nottingham boy, born and bred, I believe. You know, in Nottingham. Or tell tell me about your family, your background, etc. Um, yeah, I was I was born in Reading in Berkshire, but I came into Nottingham about when I was about a year old. Okay. So more or less Nottingham. Uh, yeah, born and bred almost. Um, my family came in into into the UK um, around the four. I think it was around the sixties. Um, and and ahead and, and here, coming from Pakistan, yeah. Yeah, they came from Pakistan in Kashmir. Um, traditionally, traditional family. My mum and dad came together, and uh, and we were born here. Yeah, so we've been born and bred here. How many siblings are you? And there's two sisters and three brothers. Okay. I'm the second oldest, uh, I've got a sister older, um, and the rest are all younger. I can't imagine many people mess with your siblings through life. <laughs> and it's surprising, it's like a lot of boxers, people think a lot of boxers are, 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 uh, are tough men or, you know, violent and the rest of it, but I was very quiet, very shy, nobody would even knew I was a boxer or thought I was boxing, you know. Um, I think um, you have that bit of uh, confidence in yourself anyway, but... Uh, I think that helps sort of build it up, you know, when you when you t when you start the training. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you can't really let your hands go outside of a boxing ring. That, that's the other uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, that would that would that would that would that would cause some license issues, <laughs> yeah. and we don't we wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah, I think you realise you can do a lot more damage than people think. You know, so yeah. it's not worth risking it, and a lot of you get you get into more trouble hitting somebody or even defending yourself. So you got to be careful. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's good to hear that you were a good boy, Jav. And you only kept it, kept it in the ring. So you growing up in Nottingham. What was it like? What were you? What kind of stuff were you into? What were you like at school and stuff? Well, like I said, I was a very quiet boy. You know, um, I was into all sports. Um, you know, cricket obviously um, in the Asian community is very big, and the Pakistani community especially. And um, I would play a bit of football and everything else. Um, always out and about. I didn't really enjoy studying as much because I was such a keen sports person, very competitive. Um, everything I, I did, I wanted to win it, whether it was snooker, darts, football, cricket, you know, I'd play everything. And then um, just leaving school, a gym opened in the area and I just fell in love with boxing. 16 years old when you when you entered the ring, was that by chance? How did it come about? It was, I mean, the area I was living in was a bit of a rough area. Um, a lot of gangs, a lot of trouble around there, drugs were starting. And... Um, me and a few friends, we went down to the local leisure centre, which sent out leaflets and opened a new gym there. Uh, we thought we'd check it out and it'd be good for us. But, um, you know, I sort of stuck it out and I just went down and fell in, fell in love with it. And I was very good, 
from from start more or less, you know, a bit of natural talent, I think. And uh, yeah, just took it from there. So when, as soon as you walked into the gym, did you meet a, who was a kind of early coach that you met? It was, uh, Albert Tandy was one of the coaches. He was a small old man. And it was only about five foot one or two. Um, but it, it, it'd been in boxing quite a long time. You know, he was an old school um, coach, box fighter. Um, he'd come from another village where they'd moved to the gym. Um, they had a couple of champions from that village. Um, so he, he had a bit of experience. And, and, he, and he coached us. Um, a lot of the training, we were doing it amongst ourselves a lot of the time because he was quite old at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, he, he showed us all the basics and, and done really well with us. You um, were you one of few Asians around that time that would have been in the gym. Was there many many around the gym at that time? Yeah, there was very very few. Um, a few of my friends went down with me. Uh, slowly, I think they just stopped coming. They find it quite hard. Uh, couldn't motivate themselves or have the time. And uh, and I started competing very very quickly, very early within a few months. I started competing, going around to different towns, villages, and um, hardly met any Asians. You know, there was nobody around at the time. Um, the odd, the odd one I'd, I'd maybe see here and there, but um, yeah, it was very, very rare. Did you face any backlash because of that? I mean, that we're talking. What year are we talking here? You know, and nowadays you see a lot of Asians, yeah. many, many Asians in the gym. I think this was this was eighty six, eighty seven, I'd say eighty seven. So uh, when I started, how, how was it? How did they? How did they take? How did they? How did I think, it take? To I think wherever, wherever I used to go, I used to get funny looks. Um, they were a little bit shocked, you know. They weren't, I don't think they expected to see an Asian uh, boxing. Um, I'd go into gyms to spar. They'd get, I'd get funny looks. I'd go to compete, and they'd all look at me funny. But um, as soon as they saw me box, you know, all of a sudden everyone's like coming over to me, well done, well done, uh, and they have a bit of respect for you. Uh, so as long as you can take care of yourself, you know, you, you you earn your respect in boxing. So it's not too bad. And because it's a single sport, it's just you and them, him. It's um, a little bit easier, but you did. There was a lot of um, racism, a lot of um, words being said, trying to intimidate you or or trying to, you know, uh, attack you in a way as you're going into places and stuff. Um, but it soon stopped as soon as you'd uh, you'd win. You know, most most of the time, um, it, it was okay afterwards. Did that kind of spur you on a little bit more to prove yourself then? Oh, definitely, big time. Yeah. Uh, whenever I heard anything like that or or got any funny looks, I'd be like, yes, I'm gonna have this person. You know, I'm not gonna. Uh, it, it just spurred me on more. I didn't want to. I, I never liked losing anyway, but it really spurred me on. So if it was a tough fight, I'd I'd dig in and really go for it, you know, and uh, and kind of prove to them that they're not better than me. No, that's the right attitude to have. Early success. You won the Amateur Boxing Association of England Championship. Brilliant achievement early in your career. Tell me about the competition and 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 how you came about winning that. I think I I, I never really took boxing that serious. The first few years. I was doing it because I loved it and I enjoyed the training. I loved the competition and I was winning most of my fights. I was getting in the papers, getting recognized, start, people were starting to talk about me. And, uh, and then I went to Pakistan, got married, came back and uh, Prince Nassim came on the scene um, oh, when I was about 23, four. Um, he came on the scene start, and, I, and I saw him doing really well and I thought, you know, he's doing well, I, I should try and got back involved. I, t- I sort of t- was on and off for a couple of years doing the boxing. Uh, got back involved and I thought, I'm going to enter the ABAs. And uh, I entered that year, got into the quarterfinals, I think it was. Um, but I didn't make the weight. I was a bit of a, I had a bit of a sweet tooth and never really what, bothered about my weight that much. It was only a few answers yeah. over. So I went up to the next weight, uh, the weight above light middleweight. And, uh, and I lost to one of the top England boxers at the time, um, which I thought I'd won. But 
you know, the, the, it's, it's a bit political, even in the amateurs. And um, and then the next year I went in again um, and I had that bit more experience. Be inexperienced, I only had in 20 odd fights at the time. I was boxing guys with 100 plus fights. And that year I went in and I was, I was, I was buzzing. This was building up. I was never really that confident. Um, and I had my old trainer, he helped me. Fidel Smith, he was given doing bits with us as an amateur. And, uh, and he sort of built a bit more confidence with, in me. Uh, I mean, believe in myself. And that year, you know, um, yeah, I was just um, winning. I won each fight. I think I had seven fights to get to the final. Uh, I won all of them. Obviously, got to the final. And same thing happened there, you know. Um, I always started a bit slow, but came on strong in the last few rounds. And uh, and, uh, and I won it. I won won the won the title, yeah. And the following year, I tried again. Uh, similar thing happened again. I got to the quarterfinals, didn't make the weight because I was I was messing about with it and they closed the scales. So I decided what, what, to. Um, what, what weight was that at the time? That light light medal. No, no, I was a welterweight at the time as well. Um, I was a welterweight, but that first that. You gotta be living good to make well to it. You gotta be strict, don't you? You can't. There's no space for. You gotta be very strict. Yeah, I was very tall for the weight, so I had to be very strict. And because um, there wasn't so much emphasis on weight making and dietish diets and diet plans and all this back in them days, I just do. I was just doing everything myself. You know, I wasn't really watching what I eat. I was very fussy, very funny with my food. So I was still eating a lot of a lot of the curries and the Asian food because I didn't like bland food. And then I was having my little sweet dishes and stuff drinking Coke, stuff that I shouldn't really be doing. And, uh, yeah. and I was getting away with it to a certain certain extent, a certain level. Um, but that level, you've got to be very, very disciplined. And uh, and I realised that, you know, and, and I would have possibly won it two days, two years running, but um, I um, didn't make the way to close the scales. So I had to, uh, I had to leave it at that. Got, I, was not, I was really doing well that year. But, and uh, I decided, you know, it's a now or never. If I don't turn professional now, I'm 20, almost 27. I was at the time, I think it was. And, uh, you know, I had to decide whether I was going to do it. And I thought, yeah, I had a couple of kids. So I had to decide if I was going to commit to the boxing, do a bit of work, look after the family or what. It was very, very tough uh, mixing both together, but um, it worked out well for me. Certainly did. You turned pro at 27. Um, in the early days, I read you were taking some fights at one or two days notice. How did that work? You just get, was that, somebody's called off, you're getting a call, jab, you want to jump in? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise what goes on in the politics of boxing and stuff. Um, I joined the Ingles table, which is in Sheffield, uh, where Prince Nassim was. That was quite, um, that was doing really well. He had a big name at the time. Um, but they were just starting to lose some of their contacts, like Frank Warren and stuff. They weren't doing as much with them at the time because Prince Nassim was leaving them. So they were having to give some of the fires to uh, other promoters at short notice to keep them happy. And, and, and yeah, sometimes fights fall through or they wait for the last minute to give somebody a, 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 a fighter who they expect that he's going to beat to keep him building him up. And uh, and that happened to me a couple of times. And with me being a bit older, I felt like I had to take the fights just to build, yeah. um, jump the ratings, get up there quicker, so I get my chances. And I've done that a few times. Um, luckily, you know, it, it worked out for me. It, it doesn't always do that. It doesn't always work out. I was losing some of the fights, but I had a good right hand and uh, finished both <laughs> of them off in the, in the last round almost identically. Uh, and uh, and then I had a couple of other fights which were a few days notice. Similar thing happened again. Um, they were a bit more even evenly matched. Uh, but yeah, um, I think it helped me get up there quicker than I would have 
So it was a good, it was a good move in a sense. Could have been a lot of fighters, I'd imagine, that would have turned opportunities like that down. But your mentality was, listen, if I'm going to do something with this, like you said, you've got kids, you had family. Yeah, I, I couldn't waste time. Yeah. yeah. What was it? What was it like being around around Naz at that point? What was he like? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a big, 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 big fan of his. But what oh, was it yeah. like around the gym? I think- I think I was a I was a massive fan myself, you know, um, and being Asian one, and then his yeah. style, and his his showmanship, and everything. Um, it was amazing, and to be in the same gym as him, I, th- I think everybody wanted to go to that gym at the time, and uh, and we we managed to go there and uh, and start training with with him. He wasn't always there; he was there occasionally. Um, we 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 used to train a lot more with the, the Ryan Rhodes, the Johnny Nelsons, and and uh, and a few others. Junior Witter, who was there after near the end. Um, and there was quite a few other good fighters there. He used to come in a bit later because he was he had to have a bit more specific training and and have more time for himself. Um, but he was close to leaving them in that last year and a half when I was yeah. there. So we didn't get to see a lot of him, but it was still good to be around him and around that buzz and their atmosphere and stuff. So it was good. And uh, I think I learned a lot uh, with Brendan Ingle, even though we had a few problems with uh, getting short on his fights and not being looked after the way we could have been looked after. Um, later on, I kind of understand the business and everything. Um, uh, and I understand why they do some of the things they do, but it doesn't make it, easy. <laughs> doesn't make it any better. But yeah, I understand a little bit more of it. Do your style, how did your style suit that, Jim? Because a very specific style in there. You know, yeah, the style, the style wasn't... Um, I think they got everybody almost boxing in a similar sort of style. Um, and, and, and we all do similar sort of stuff. It helps. It helped a lot with my confidence because, like I said, I wasn't the most confident to begin with, and uh, and it did help me with the footwork and a few of the little um, techniques that that I didn't mind there. But I think there was a lot of things lacking there. They didn't spar a lot. They didn't do a lot of head sparring. They didn't do a lot of circuit training and running um, in the gym. They left you to do that on your own, which I find a bit bizarre. And that's where a lot of fighters struggled in that same gym when they got to the higher level. I think around that time, there's a lot of fighters that kept that had good records, and then they'd lose as soon as they get a bit high. There's the odd few that like the like the Nas and the Ryan Rose and the Johnnies that got through it because they'd done the extra work themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's good and bad things, uh, bad points, should I say? Yeah, but good, great, great experience nonetheless. Um, listen, you you talked about the early fights, but I want to just mention now what you went on to achieve in your boxing career, um, titles wise. So you won the light middleweight WBF Intercontinental. You won the welterweight Midlands area title and the light middleweight title. You won the Commonwealth title. And that all led us to what we'll talk about in a second, the world title. But tell me about some of those titles and winning them because they're prestige belts to be winning. Yeah, um, there was a lot of talk about fighting for the for the area title. There's a few boxers that were around Nottingham and... Uh, um, I was, uh, yeah, I was just waiting, waiting for the chance. And then I got the, before that, I got the chance for the WBF Intercontinental Light Middleweight title. Um, it wasn't my weight. I was comfortable at my welterweight. But I got the chance. And sometimes you have to get the chance to get recognized, um, get a belt, sorry, to be recognized. And that's what I've done. You know, I saw so they gave me the opportunity and I thought, yeah, I can, uh, I can probably win this. And uh, we went down to, the, again, I think I was probably the underdog, you know, and uh, brought, in, brought in as the opponent in a sense. Went down to the hometown of uh, of one of the lads, Lee Murtagh, in, in Leeds. And uh, he had a big crowd, you know, he was obviously... Oh, yeah, the Leeds. Stuff. They go mental in Leeds. They, they, it was crazy, it was crazy. 
Um, but we took a good couple of uh, minibuses ourselves, so <laughs> we had a bit of support there, and it, and yeah. it was a it was a mad atmosphere. Honestly, it was a mad atmosphere, and uh, it was a really good fight. You know, I think that that really um, that really brought it out of me because of the atmosphere and um, the way the way he well you know in 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 the um, the way in and, and a few other bits, uh, the press conference or that it wasn't a proper press conference, but a smaller one. Um, you know, I heard him saying he's only a world to wait and. To his mate, he was laughing at me, and I was thinking, "All right, I'm gonna have you, yeah." And that just worked me up. And then he came in. He came into the ring um, it, when he was announcing the ring. He walked around the ring with his hood over, like like the, like what I call the Pink Panther walk or something, you know. And he's he's uh, doing like a victory walk before he's even boxed, and uh, that really got to me. And uh, you know, I I was so so up for that fight. Plus, it was my first um, title fight, you know. Um, so I was really up for that fight, and and I boxed really good. I think everything went to plan, um, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a sweet victory, you know. Um, stopped him in seven. Stopped, stopped him in seven. seven. Yeah. Sil Silence the Leeds crowd, and your three oh, minibuses, your three minibuses bouncing around. It was it was crazy. Yeah, the, the it was so loud. There was so many um, Leeds supporters, and then when that happened, it just went quiet. Um, but luckily, there was no trouble or anything. You know, they all uh, respected the win, and uh, yeah, they were all right with us. Happy days. Could have, happy days. Could have gone other way. Could have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, then, you then go back into your own weight and you won the the Midlands. Did that give you the chance to then fight for the welterweight? Yeah, I think I think that gave me a chance because um, I went back to my weight challenge for that one. Um, that was boxed. I boxed that the for the uh, welterweight one in Nottingham, in the in the um, Victoria Lay Centre, which was um, I think it was somewhere our boxers and amateurs as well. So. Um, now they've, yeah, it was uh, there. It was close, not not really that far from where I live. So uh, I had a big crowd this time for myself, you know. Uh, Who was that against? Um, that was against uh, Ernie. Yeah, Ernie Smith. Good, good fight. Did you? It was a, it was, a, it was a tough journeyman, come forward journeyman. Um, very tough. You know, I hurt my hands on his head hitting him, <laughs> and uh, and I finished uh, finished him off with body shots. So. Um, yeah, um, that was a very good fight, and um, poor lads passed away a little while back. Um, Sorry to hear that. And, uh, rest in peace. Um, yeah, he's a very good fighter. Two titles in the bank, next one, prestige belt, Commonwealth title. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about winning that one. Yeah, um, this is when I changed management, and um, um, Tommy Gilmore sort of got me the chance, you know. You seen um, the light, and you brought in a good Glaswegian man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw that I wasn't really getting the opportunities um, that I felt like I was supposed to be getting. You know, I took three, four, five risky fights at short notice, a couple on one day's notice, a couple on three or four days' notice, and another one. And I thought, you know, before long, I'm going to end up losing. It can't keep happening. I can't be, in, you know, this can't keep going on like this. And and then I was offered fights at at. at a week's notice, Sergio Martinez, Mike Alexander, Mike Alexander Wayne Alexander, sorry, and uh, for the British title and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, sooner or later, out of my weight category, I like middleweight when I'm not really like middleweight. Um, I was big enough, but I wasn't really like middleweight. And um, it would have, you know, sooner or later, I would have lost. So I thought, you know, I need to move now when my contract ends, or um, I'm going to have to be happy with what I've achieved right now. And so, how you know, did you get? How did you get? How did you get linked with Tommy? How did that come about? I was talking to um, uh, a friend of mine, Chris Aston, and uh, he was working with Tommy, I think, already beforehand. And uh, he sort of introduced us. Um, uh, and another, another friend introduced me to Chris Aston at the time. 
uh, and we went and had a chat with Tommy and, uh, and he seemed like a really genuine guy. He, he wasn't like some of them. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say anything horrible about some of them, but yeah, um, some of them just don't, you know, they, 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 they promise you a lot of, or, or everything, you know, they promise you everything and not, they don't deliver anything. Tommy told me straight, you know, he said, I'm going to give you a couple of fights, get you in position and we should hopefully get you a Commonwealth title fight. And then, um, and, 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 and he was true to his promise, you know, um, and did he choose the did within? He choose smart, did he choose a smart couple one, of fights? Did he choose a smart couple of fights to I lead you into the Commonwealth? Yeah, I think I think I had one fight, and um, and then we straight away got a chance for the Commonwealth. Um, so I had one one easy fight that lasted a round or so, and uh, and then we got the chance for the Commonwealth. And I've never been past eight rounds before, so it was. Oh, sorry, yeah, I've never been past eight rounds. Yeah, eight rounds at the time. Um, I'd done it a couple of 10 rounders, but they'd finished earlier. Um, I'd stopped them you both. Don't get paid for overtime, Jeff. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, he got, he got me the chance. And, uh, you know, it was a tough it was a tough fight, but it, but one that I clearly won um, on points 12 rounder. So that that gave me the confidence to be able to uh, believe that I can do the 12 rounds. And uh, and, it, and it helped me become a, a a better fighter, I think. So you get the Commonwealth. You've got the two Midlands area titles in the bag. Tommy, Tommy's working his magic behind the scenes. Um, when did you, when and how did you get the news that listen we're making our uh, making our way over to South Africa? Yeah, Tommy, Tommy told me that there was a chance that he's going to try to get the IBO belt. I think um, um, two were going to uh, Willie Wise and another Londoner. Um, what was his name? I can't remember his name now. They were going to box for the title, and then I was possibly going to get the the winner, okay, and I don't, I don't think they expected the American to beat him. I think they were expecting the London to beat <laughs> beat Willie Wise, and uh, and he and he ended up beating him. And uh, as soon as he won, he said, "Yes, you know, we're going to get the fight. Uh, we're, we're sorting the fight out." So I was like, I was probably shocked, and I uh, I didn't really expect that to happen that soon because I'd only been with him for about a year and a half or something. Mm -hmm. um, if that, if that, I think it was. Um, so you know. Uh, he, he tells me he misses a curry coming down to Nottingham. He said, I've never had never had food like that when I would visit Jav. Best food you get. Yeah, we took him. We, uh, when Tommy came to Nottingham, we took him for a meal and he loved it. He loved it because we took him to a, a traditional um, uh, a Pakistani sort of restaurant, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all, a lot of your places sell curries, but not all of them have got the right kind of traditional style uh, stuff inside them. And uh, this was really thick and creamy and uh, and he loved it. And uh, we had a few to, we had a few meals together, yeah. And every time he comes to Nottingham, he says, "You got to take me for a meal. You got to take me for a meal." <laughs> so, when do you get the news confirmed that you've got the fight? Um, well, yeah, I can't remember how he told me now, but um, as soon as as soon as he told me, I was I was already in training. I was ready, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I can't remember how he told me. I, can't, I actually can't remember. Phone call, probably a phone call. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was a phone call. He, he told me over the phone, and I was like screaming down the phone. Yeah, and um, I was a bit shocked. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that it was true. You know, it was happening because um, I never thought I was going to get the chances. I was waiting around for fights all the time, and in it's like you, 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 you know, you always think you're going to fight, and it's off, then it's on, and then it's off. And and he said, yeah, it's definitely happening. So I was, I was ecstatic. I was so happy.
shout out to my man there, Tommy Gilmore. That's good that you've uh, you, you you got you got with him. And uh, tell me about the journey then. So you how how long a camp did you have leading into that fight? What was your opponent like? What was I think, your... I, think, I, think I think I had the longest um, camp that I ever had. Must have been about seven eight weeks, um, at least. Um, but we were reasonably fit beforehand. We were. Uh, it was in Nottingham that I was boxing, so I didn't have to do anything. I stayed in Nottingham. I was training with uh, Fidel Smith, and uh, uh, we had a we had a good game plan. We watched a few tapes. We saw that he was a come forward. You know, he was shorter than me. Um, he'd boxed some good names, uh, but but I think we you know we 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 had a good idea that we would be able to give him problems with that, uh, my jab. My style looks um, sort of basic, but I do everything really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good job, good timing, good range, and and the right hand was very deceptive. You know, a lot of uh, almost everyone that I boxed, I'd, I'd I've hurt them or I've, I've put them down. So I had some sting in the punches, and you know, a lot of people underestimated that. I think they looked at me and thought he looks very slim and skinny. He probably hasn't got any power, but I can hold my own and stand there fight with him if I need to. So I was a good box fighter. And I think the experience was starting to help me get become a bit more of a rounded fighter. I could do a bit of everything. The night of the fight, uh, big, big, big time. You've been training all these years from the age of 16. World title fight. How were you feeling going into the ring? Uh, I, I was feeling, um, I was really, really nervous. You know, I think um, the nerves used to always get me. I was always nervous because I didn't want to, let my, let my people down, let my friend, family down, let my friends yeah. down, let myself down. Um, I used to put too much pressure on myself. Uh, but for this fight, I was so relaxed. It was unbelievable. You know, it was like I was fighting in my hometown. I'd sold the place out. You know, there's about five, 6,000 people there, if not more. And um, it was crazy. You know, I, I, I'd prepared so well, I think. Uh, I went into the fight and everything worked worked as we as we planned, you know. Uh, we did, didn't really let him get into the fight. I had one bad thing, which was a headbutt, um, and I got caught in the in the fifth. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I didn't really have much of a of a problem. You know, he couldn't get near me. He struggled with the foot movement. He struggled with the jab, the range, and uh, and I hurt him in the second round. I put him down, um, and he never really got into the fight after that. Uh, so it was a pretty easy-ish win. You know, even though it went to it went to points. It was controlled by me, and I won most of the rounds. Uh, it was an amazing night, and uh, I'll never forget that. It's, it, we went. A friend of mine booked this big um, hotel on the top of this new building, the corner house, and all the lads came back the day afterwards. That that were in our big group, you know, it was about 70, 80 guys, and we all went yeah. there, and he had provided food and everything there for free. You know, it was it was, um, it was really good of him. It was crazy. You must look back. You must still look back sometimes now and just. Visualize that. that, that I, I do. Moment. I sometimes look back and I think, wow, you know, it happened twenty odd years ago, and or twenty years ago almost, um, exactly almost twenty years ago, and it just feel, it just feels like a few years ago. It's crazy, you know. Um, you're still looking. You're still looking young, Jeff. Still looking young. You're, you're shape, obviously, you're I, I, in I your, did. I, I did. I did. I shave with a haircut just for you. Just good. Good on you, mate. Good on you. <laughs> you're in the. Yeah, you're I'm in getting, your. I'm getting on now. I'm, I've just turned fifty now, so I'm getting I'm, on a bit. No, you're looking good, man, for 50. Looking good for Thank 50. You. Um, this, uh, you know, we're, we're going to come to where you are just now and what you're doing now. Um, but just to, fin- to finish on your boxing career, you know, you had uh, 25 fights, 13 fights you stopped by knockout, 10 decision wins, one draw, I think. Yeah, one draw. 
You had one defeat. Who did you yeah. lose to and how did that happen? Um, I lost to Frederick Close, uh, a French fighter. Okay. Uh, French, French champion he was. He was... Um, it was a, it was a decent fighter. I think he was ex European champion and uh, European championship challenger. I got the fight at four days' notice in France uh, or Paris, and um, I wasn't really prepared for it. I was ill the week before. I had a bit of a virus, and uh, and I took the fight like just like some of them other fights. I think it was my eighth or ninth fight, and uh, I took it at short notice, thinking it'll get me up in the ratings. They were telling me this as well: the Ingles, the Dominic, and the rest. And um, and and you kind of you, as a boxer, you feel like you're gonna let you, you're gonna. I don't know. You feel like um, you're being scared, or you're not. You know, you're, you're not taking the fight. If you refuse a fight. You feel like a bit of a, a sissy or a puff, like they call them. You know. Yeah. yeah. So um, you just even even though you don't, you know you shouldn't be taking it or you're not ready for it, you still accept it. And um, I went there with no confidence. Um, got there. Got there. I'd um, when I came off the plane, I had a bit of a nosebleed from the altitude, from the coming down on the on the plane. I think that put more dice in my head, and 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 I was just panicking. I went to, I went to the venue. He was like a Ricky Hart, and you know he had cameras everywhere, um, reporters here, they left, right, and centre. And there's me all on my own, and I was like a bit in awe, and I was thinking, yeah, a bit overwhelmed. I was thinking, yeah, I was kind of thinking, here, yeah, I've been done again, done it again, and uh, and I I think I I sort of let myself down a bit mentally. I went into the fight, the first four rounds, I didn't really press like I should have. I think for the first time I got hurt with a little body shot in the second or third round. Took me around to recover. Um, but I came on strong in the last three or four. I, don't, I, I, don't, I know I didn't win the fight, but um, I wouldn't have got it even if I did, you know, get, get close in uh, going away. Um, I, did, I did lose, but I, but, I, but I learned a lot from the fight. I think it was a good, it was a good lesson for me in a sense. Had I not lost that fight and learned them little bit little things that I did, um, I would have probably lost before I got to the world title or the Commonwealth title or something because I wasn't stepping in with a jab, I wasn't blocking the punch properly. Um, a couple of I wasn't moving the head as well as I, as I am now. You know, now I feel like I'm more of a complete fighter and I could I could hold my own with some of the top Americans or near the end of my career, should I say? And um, yeah, that taught me a lot. We did try to get a rematch in there when I won the title, but. Um, uh, it just never happened. I think um, I think he was scared. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds to me like four days' notice, you were pretty early in your career. Probably if that had happened around your 20th fight, I think you would have handled things a bit better. Yeah. But you know what? It's so true what you say. Losses, you turned it into a positive. You bounced back. You learned from it. You went on. You've won world title. You've uh, won all, all the British belts that you could possibly win. You know, you must make your family and the local area very, very proud by your achievements. Nottingham, you know, must really have been a pre the fact that five, five to 6,000 people came out and watched you that night. You know, that's, a, that's, that's an amazing achievement and you, something that nobody can nobody can take away from you. Exactly. It's, um, it's, it's there forever, you're right. Um, even now, even now, what, 15 years after I retired, I go out and people recognise me, people talk to me, they got the respect for me. And one is because I work a lot in the community helping the kids, um, but to a lot of the older generation or the other parents and stuff, they remember me from from the days, you know, when there was no one doing anything like this, and um, and 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 some of the obstacles I, I I faced to actually do this all on my, you know, on my own in a sense. Um, uh, they they respect that, and um, you probably knocked some of the probably knocked a lot of doors down for a lot of especially Asian youth coming through. 
mean, you like I said at the top at the top of this podcast, you're the first ever British Asian boxing world champion. You're now also Javed Khalik, MBE. You know these kind of these kind of achievements is it such a big role model for the the young young kids coming through? Yeah, I think I've never really um uh, bigged it up or looked at it as, as in such a big way. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a big it's a big achievement. Sometimes you know um I should sort of um, appreciate a bit more myself what I've done and 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 do that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I think now there's so many Asians, which is a very good thing. You know, I see some of them, and 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 I'm just proud to be part of that where I might have inspired some of them and like like Princess Seema inspired me and took them forward and now there's hundreds and hundreds of, of young Asian boxers that I'm seeing doing really really well and, and it's just nice to to see that you know I wish there'd been more when I was around as well but yeah um, somebody has to start somewhere and uh, and I'm glad to be part of that. I mean we've never really had any Asian star boxers in Scotland but even now I am recently a friend of mine, and who's coming through a match room now. Cash Farouk uh, yeah. is, is making moves. You've got, you know, plenty of Asian boys. There's Gesh as fuck. There's obviously Amir Khan's done very well. There's not. I see so many Asian boys coming yeah, yeah. down south now. Yeah, I've seen so many every every other week. There's somebody on match room show and Frank Warren shows and getting signed up on Facebook. You know, I've, like you said, I've lost in the. And myself, and I'm thinking, wow, there's so many good fires. And I look at them, and they look even better than I did back in the day. And I'm thinking, well, things are changing. Yeah. They, do, you think, do, you think, do you think you would have been more like there's a lot? I think the opportunities with and, and with social media and everything now, I reckon you would have got a lot more exposure if you oh, definitely times. Yeah. 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 I think um, a lot of my friends, a lot of um, family members, and others have spoke about this that. Um, had there been so much, had there been more social media, had there been more opportunities back then, um, I could have probably got the big fights in America. I would have done a lot more, you know. Even if I'd lost some of them fights, I would have probably made a lot more money, made a, a lot a bigger name, and I would have been a lot more recognised. But I mean, everybody gets their their time. Like we we believe everything is written for and and there for a reason, you know. Um, you know, I, there's hundreds and thousands of boxers probably before me that never got their their chances that I got, you know. Um, and, and and that's how it works. Whatever's written for you, uh, you've got to be thankful and respect and, and be happy with that in a sense. And, uh, you know, as much as I would have loved to box um, some of the top Americans, tested myself against them, whether I win or lose, um, you know, I'm happy with, with the outcome and I'm happy that I can still um, have a few marbles and, uh, and be passing on my experiences to the youngsters and, uh, yeah, still be involved in boxing after all these years. I'm just happy with that. Well, you mentioned that and we'll go on to that now. You're, you're sitting in the Javed Khalik Boxing Academy as we speak. What an, what an honour to be getting this uh, this footage straight from there. Tell me about the tell me about the tell me about the academy. What kind of work you've done? Because I know I've done research on it, and you've done a hell of a lot in the community. Yes, uh, I'm I'm very very lucky and very thankful. Um, not long after I retired from boxing, um, 2004 five, I started um, coaching. A lot of the parents, a lot of the people that used to come to my fights were saying, oh, my kids are out, out doing nothing, getting into trouble. Um, can you start some classes? Or can you train them? Can you coach them? And uh, and I started clo- doing some coaching in a local centre that I, I rented. Before I knew it, I was getting 30, 40 kids there. And I, I had no equipment apart from just technique work. Uh, and, and then I got one bag or two bags myself. Uh, and then I realised I need I need a bigger venue or, or I need more equipment in a proper place. Um, so within a couple of years, I think um, we find a place um, 
and uh, uh, and that's where the Javed Kali Boxing Academy started from. Me and my brother Cameron started it off. Um, we, we were in the place in Carlton, which is not far from the centre, for a couple of years. But that centre, that uh, building was condemned. It was an old building that was breaking down, old factory building. So they kind of kind of kicked us out. We cut, caused a bit of a fuss because we were doing a lot of good work in the community. Uh, got to the radios and newspapers um, and TV, and uh, and then they found us another temporary place in in another area. Uh, and uh, we waited around, found this place. Uh, we've been here for about 11, 12 years now. Where exactly yeah. is it in Nottingham? This is this is in St Anne's at the Sycamore Centre. Um, uh, it's not very far from the Victoria Centre or the main city centre, um, or the Pakistan Centre. It's uh, kind of kind of um, central where a lot of areas can access us and get to us. Um, we get a lot of kids from all the surrounding areas that have problems with each other, but they work together. I'm working with um, youth offenders, working with um, social services. Um, and we're doing classes in the mosque. We're doing classes in the parks now because of this kind of pandemic that's going to start on uh, this Saturday. Um, and we're working with different organisations. Uh, we've started our own organisation, Down Knives Gloves Up, which is um, helping to, well, trying to deter people from going out and about carrying knives um, and, the, and teaching them the, um, the the dangers of all that um, and trying to keep them away from drug, drugs, gangs and uh, and antisocial behaviour stuff stuff that would get them into trouble. Um, trying to encourage them to get involved in something like boxing or anything, you know, sport-wise, education-wise, and uh, that's that's um, that's doing really well, really well. How much of a how much of a buzz do you get when a young lad, for instance, comes out of your gym and they're not getting up to any good, and then two eighteen months, two years later, that same boy is changed his life around and it, you know how much of a kick mm -hmm. out of that it's it's crazy it's like um eight nine years ago we start i started some classes in the forest fielders area in nottingham which was kind of rough in a youth center and some of the young lads 14 15 year olds with gold teeth were coming in saying yes yes um cause an uncle and, and they'll listen i was like shut up and talk to me properly yeah yeah and then within a couple about three or four weeks the main ringleader after i gave him a couple of body shots with the body sparring yeah he, he sort of respected us and then uh, within four or five weeks not even four or five weeks he was starting to help me control the rest of them and everybody started listening and that's when I and, and even before that but right about then I, I really realised the impact that I'm having on some of these youngsters and even before that it was right when I see the change in, a slight change in them it really made me feel good and made me feel like I've done something um, to help and uh, and, I re and then at the gym at the gym the parents used to come if they had a problem with the kid um, they're saying, oh, can you talk to them because he's having this problem, he's having this issue. He doesn't want to go to school, he wants to be a boxer or he wants, he's been messing about at school, fighting at school. And um, and I started talking to them and I realised that, you know, I'm having such an impact on some of these kids. Um, anything I tell them, they listen. They're not listening to the parents, they're not listening to friends, other family members, but they listen to me. Um, so it, it was a good feeling, but it was a big responsibility. I realised that I'm not just a boxing coach anymore. It's a lot, lot more than that. You know, it's a mentor, it's like a parent figure, it's like uh, uh, um, a friend it's a bit of everything and um, yeah um, since then we've had so many um, different kind of experiences and I'm and I think I'm learning from all these experiences and I'm becoming a better uh, 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 helper social worker period everything I think um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a very big responsibility but it's a amazing fulfilling kind of uh, role and and I'm just very ha happy thankful that I'm involved in something that I love
No, listen, it's um, I love to see, you know, you had a great career, you achieved amazing things, but you're giving so much back to everything you've learned. And it's mm-hmm. honestly, it's, it's, it's we, we need more people like that because, the, you know, I, I've played a bit of cricket down in Nottingham and it, it's got some rough parts. You know, I, I, being from Glasgow, we've got some rough parts <laughs> around, got some rough parts around here as well. And gyms like yourself who open the doors and encourage the youth to come in is, 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 is vital. And I think boxing, people are warming to boxing a lot more in the last 10 years or so that it's, people would probably have thought, if I'd, if I'd said to my mum when I was a kid, I want to be a boxer, she would have just automatically thought, oh, you're not going to a boxing gym, they're all bad in there, they're all, you know, but it's not the way it works. You're taught discipline, you're taught dedication, you know, you, and now you see a lot of people just taking it up as a pastime out with their careers, just doing a bit of boxing and, and it works wonders for them. It does. I think you're right. Um, I think a lot of people are realising it's more than just fighting. You know, the confidence that some of the kids get from it, uh, the discipline they get from it and the health benefits are amazing. Um, you know, a lot, I'm getting so many parents that come here because their kids have been bullied and they want them to just be able to stand up for themselves. They want them to just feel a bit more confident and not be so scared to go to certain places. They're getting bullied or other reasons. Um, some are just getting um, uh, unhealthy. You know, they're putting on too much weight, um, young kids. Uh, and it's and it's helping in a big way. I think um, people like Anthony Joshua and other people in boxing are helping that as well by making it a bit more glamorous, making it not so violent looking, and uh, and they're good role models, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, it's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been honestly, it's been a real pleasure. I'm proud of your achievements. Um, I, I think um, we need to. It would be nice to see more. World champions like yourself coming through from uh, Brit- British Muslims. There's plenty of talent there. Um, I hope you will be producing a world champion soon. That must be the dream to bring somebody through the stable and take them to the top. Inshallah, that's that's that's. The, I think that's everybody's every coach's dream, and uh, and the amount of young Asian or talent that is around right now. I think it won't be too long before we get some more um, coming through. Definitely, we've got Shiraz there. Um, Shiraz, he's doing really really well. Um, we've got a few other boxers coming through. Um, um, I think it won't be too long before we get quite a few, yeah. No, definitely. I, I hope so. Brother, it's been a pleasure. Akib Jawed, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I wish you all the best with your, with your academy. I'll be, I, I hope, inshallah, one day and when all this madness passes from down south sometime, I can pop in and and see see your gym, maybe see a session. That'd be that would be, be amazing. Get to meet you as well. Get a picture next to this cardboard, perfect cardboard <laughs> man in the background. Um, but I really I, I, I want to say thank you very much. Stay on the line just for for two seconds at the end, brother. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me and uh, take care. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Can I wish every, every can I wish all the listeners that Ramzan Mubarak as well, please. Thank you very I much. Mubarak. Mubarak.